0: Welcome to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne moyer Bussy, a podcast series for women in midlife who yearn to gain new clarity and purpose for the afternoon of life. Anne, welcome. This episode, you ask the audience what goddess they are. We've talked a lot, Chris, about um, recovering our own personal authority, and we've also talked about the stories that we live by. We all live by the patterns and the beliefs and the values that we've grown up with. What we don't realise sometimes is that within us, patterns of behaviour that go back centuries. And how does that happen? Because every era has stories that they live by and they've created myths or fairy tales or stories that help people to understand different types of behaviour or values or patterns. And some of the ancient archetypes, which is the word for patterns, universal patterns of behaviour that we live by, go back to ancient Greek and Roman times. And we've all read some of the ancient stories and I think everybody's read fairy tales and we will talk about fairy tales later on. But today I wanted to look at some of the Greek goddesses who represent different aspects of the feminine, and what do we know about those goddesses and how can we be informed or how can they help us to actually understand what universal feminine pattern we might be living by. And did you know that every woman is a goddess? Within every woman, there is a goddess, And so, as a woman, you play the leading role in unfolding your own life story. Or are you led by this goddess energy that you don't even understand or aren't even aware of? We talked a lot about how women, over many years, have been helping and serving others at home or in their career, sometimes rescuing their children, being the one who spent the morning of life working hard, And often by the time midlife arrives, she's tired, even demoralised sometimes. She knows something needs to change, but she's often not aware of what the powerful cultural stereotypes are that have shaped her, because we're all shaped by some of these cultural powerful stories. And at the same time, as women, we're often unconscious of the powerful forces within us that influence what we do and how we do it. And today I want to look at the Greek goddesses because we can learn a lot about the forces from them. They represent powerful inner patterns, and we call these archetypes, and they're responsible for the major differences among women. And, you know, Chris, you've met many different types of women, and sometimes you wonder, how did this one become like that? (laughs) Or how did that one become like that, you know, a gentle, kind, loving woman? And then you get these fierce, competitive women. That's right. And if you go back and look at some of these Greek goddesses, you see these patterns in these goddesses. So take, for example, the women who need marriage and then the women who prefer to stay single. Those who need children in order to feel fulfilled. And if they're denied this, it fills them with grief or with rage. Some women value independence and focus on achieving their goals, while others would prefer an emotional intensity and new experiences, and they might even move from one relationship to another. Or it might be from one creative effort to another. Some women seek solitude, finding that their spirituality is what has most meaning. So what's fulfilling for one woman might be meaningless to another. And this all depends on which goddess or archetype is active. There was a famous Jungian author, Jean Shoda Bolan, and she said once a woman can tune into the different parts of herself and can listen, observe or feel her differing priorities and competing loyalties, she can then sort them out and measure their importance to her. She can then make conscious choices when conflicts arise. She decides what priorities to place above others and what course of action she will take. And as a result, her decisions resolve inner conflict instead of instigating internal warfare. So, for women to understand the goddesses helps her to understand herself and her relationships with men and with women, even with her parents or with her lover, or with the children. Because it's interesting how these patterns of the goddesses have insights into what is motivating or compelling her, frustrating or satisfying her, and yet not others. And at different stages of life, we can tap into the different goddess archetypes because they all represent parts of the whole woman. And all of us as women have both goddess-given gifts and goddess-given liabilities. Because while we think goddess is perfect, the goddesses weren't by any means perfect. They had both strengths and weaknesses, which is why we need to uncover the pattern that exists within us and how we can transform it from dross into gold in our alchemical kitchen. As in earlier podcasts, we come to realise that there are patterns of thought and behaviour that are tying us down and that prevent us from growing. So while there are many goddesses, there are seven major ones in Greek mythology that we need to know about. Some of their names may be familiar to you, and some you may never have heard about before. Or you may have never known that ancient goddesses, archetypes and myths can even help us in any way to understand ourselves, and the journey we take through life as a woman So Jean Shinoda Bolin wrote a book, Goddesses in Every Woman, and she maps out the characteristics of seven major goddesses. And just as an overview, Athena was the goddess of wisdom. Artemis was the goddess of the hunt. Hestia was the goddess of the hearth. Persephone was the goddess of the underworld. Demeter was the goddess of grain and agriculture, Hera was the goddess of marriage and Aphrodite is the goddess of love. Wow, what does all that mean, eh? <laughs> Let's look at how she divides them into three categories. And if you're a woman listening to this, see if you can work out which one you might fit into or which one's characteristics you might resonate with. So the first three She calls them independent goddesses, Athena, Artemis and Hestia. And as we talk about them, see if you think you share any of their characteristics. So let's start with Athena, the goddess of wisdom. Athena is proactive. She's focused and intellectual. Maybe in today's world, if you look at someone like the German Chancellor Angela Merkel, And you may think of others as we look at Athena's qualities. They're extroverted, independent, they have logical thinking, sharp intellects, wise, they're industrious, strategic and practical. They're also patient and they relate to men as intellectual companions with whom they can share ideas rather than as a lover or a partner. So this Athena woman is a curious woman. She seeks out information and she wants to know how things work. She values rational thinking and the superiority of her will and her intellect over instinct. She's a very capable woman. She's skilled at planning and executing and getting things done. And we could say that she's more ruled by her head than her heart. And if this is a woman's dominant energy, she may not have many close women friends. An Athena woman isn't very tolerant of dreamers and idealists, and she may lack sexual passion and romanticism. And you could say that her values on compassion and empathy are not very high. (laughs) And this could be because an Athena woman may have had to grow up too quickly And become responsible for everything. So, to balance her energies, she needs to recover that childhood ability to play and learn to be at home with her own feelings and listen to other people's stories and experience and feelings. She needs to learn to forgive herself. She doesn't always have to be tough. Do you see some or all of these characteristics within yourself? Or do you remember a time when you were ruled by Athena energies? Don't forget we don't carry the same goddess energy all our life. But if we reach midlife, and this is our dominant energy, we need to put some of this in the blender and bring in softer qualities too. And we will explore all of these goddesses in more detail in later podcasts. And I was just thinking that you might think not only of what you might have in yourself, of elements of these, but do you recognise other women you know who may be Athena women carrying that energy of that goddess within them? Some women may have balanced it and some women may still be either overusing the dominant side and lacking the compassionate side. But once she balances, then she becomes a more whole person So the second independent goddess is Artemis, and she was known as the goddess of the hunt. And I guess when we think of hunting, we think of men going out after the animals. But I'm sure you know that a woman can be a hunter too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Artemis represents the feminine archetype that's responsible for the woman's movement in the world, like the suffragettes and the women seeking for equal rights with men. What are her qualities? She's independent. She's also introverted, generally. She's strongly connected with nature. She's focused, and she's non-traditional. She's protective, just, courageous, and competitive. So, remember, she's the goddess of the hunt, When you think of the hunter, he, she is totally focused on what they want or what's important to him or to her. And the Artemis woman has this ability to concentrate intensely on what's important to her. What's the downside? She can remain emotionally distant, and if she lacks emotions, she can become merciless. She can become ruthless, competitive, justice-focused energy, and we do see a lot of that in the world today, in women and in men. A woman with this energy needs to balance her fierce competitiveness. She needs to soften up a bit and get in touch with her vulnerable side. Often these women are afraid of being vulnerable. So if you're at midlife and you recognise that you've got a very strong Artemis side, In the alchemical kitchen, you can learn that it's okay to become vulnerable, to become more earthy and more creative. And of course, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But let's look at the last of the independent goddesses, Hestia. And she was the goddess of the hearth, the home. Hestia is quite different from the other two. She's much more introverted and her focus goes inward. But because she's quieter, she often tends to be undervalued. Hestia is considered a gentle goddess, very quiet and subtle. She has a fundamental role, and that's to bring balance to the strong energy of the other two. Because Athena and Artemis are complementary, promoting justice, order, intellect, and preservation of society through this. Hestia is the opposing force that keeps these two from repelling each other. She represents the hearth and the home, a place for shelter and reassurance. Every individual has different ways of feeling secure and safe. Yet these feelings are needed to achieve calm and peace, and it's the presence of Hestia That allows for the achievement of these feelings. And safety and security also bring healing. And Hestia's qualities, what are they? Again, she's introverted. She focuses more on the spiritual. She's intuitive. She's warm. She's not a very strong presence. She's mild mannered. She's inviting. She's not in a hurry. And she can be quirky. Now, if you're a woman high in this energy, your development and your growth lies in acquiring assertiveness, which gives you ability to fight for yourself. In other words, this Hestia woman needs to cultivate her inner Athena and Artemis. She also needs to make herself leave her sanctuary and go out into the world become visible, and share her wisdom with others. If not, she will become lonely and isolated and even a bitter old woman. So looking at these three independent goddesses, do you recognise some of their qualities within you? Is there one goddess more dominant for you? Or maybe none of these. So in the next podcast, we're going to talk about the three relational goddesses, Persephone, Demeter and Hera. It's amazing, isn't it, how the images of the seven Greek goddesses have lived in the imagination of women for over 3,000 years. Their patterns or representations of different types of women and through them we can recognise the power and diversity of behaviour that historically women have been allowed to exercise. They're beautiful and they're strong and they represent the inner patterns or archetypes that shape every woman's life and that has they have both positive and potentially negative traits. Knowing them helps us to understand the complexity and many-sided nature of ourselves as women. We need to understand which aspect of ourself is needed to be expressed in which situation. And in this alchemical kitchen, this is where we can do this. This is where we can explore these trays. How much of them, how many of them are part of our story? How many do we need to restory so that we can recover our own personal authority? So let's keep exploring these in the next few podcasts. as the poet Rumi says let go of your mind but then be mindful close your ears and listen and if you want to know more do log in to the Fabulous 50s and More Facebook page or go to anmoyavasi.com and sign up for a free discovery session Thank you. You've been listening to Alchemy in the Midlife Kitchen with Dr. Anne Moyer Bussey. We look forward to your company next episode. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening.